Brian? Brian, the results are in. We now know things about Joe Shane. We knew nothing. Now we know things. You don't like the things that you know. I don't think I dislike the things we know. I don't know. I'm not disappointed, I guess. I mean, like... <laughs> they nailed disappointed. <laughs> they nailed the first two picks. Like, can't no one can say anything otherwise. Home run, first round. I want to say, too, we were texting about it, obviously, as it was occurring. And you said you thought Gettleman probably would have done the same thing or something to that effect. And I want to push back on that a little bit because Gettleman took Saquon Barkley number two and Daniel Jones number six. So I would say that nothing Dave Gettleman's going to do in the top 10 is a surefire thing. You know, I guess not to like defend Dave Gettleman, who's the worst, but like I think there's a lot of revisionist history about the Saquon pick as though that was like really controversial in the moment. There were certainly voices who were against drafting a running back that high, but like that wasn't that like I think a lot of people predicted they would do that. I think most of the other GMs in the league probably would have made that same pick. Um, I would guess maybe 80% of the league would have, would have probably taken Saquon there also. Um, so I don't think that's like that. He is dramatically different than his peers in making that selection. I guess that's fair. I, what I would say, and again, I don't know what was offered to them, what options were on the table or what anybody else would do. But that was still back at a time where Dave Gettleman was pretty clear, I don't trade back in the drafts. That's not on the table. I'm not considering it. And it almost feels like when he eventually did move back in the draft, it was almost like he got peer pressured into it. Like he didn't want to do it. He didn't believe in it. But like he had to do it so you could be like to the press, like you guys say I never trade back. But look what I did. I traded back. So in your faces, which is even more annoying. But I think, you know, again, I don't know what he could have gotten for that pick that year. But just that it wasn't even under consideration. It's just like, no, this is what we're doing. I feel comfortable laying a decent amount of blame at his feet on that one. I I agree. I think it was a bad decision, and I think he should have done something different there. I'm just saying, I think it was more the chalk selection than people are recalling it. That's Uh, probably true. That's probably true. Could I have seen Dave Gettleman leaving that this weekend's draft with uh, Charles Cross and Jermaine Johnson? You know, sure. Like, definitely that wouldn't be shocking. <laughs> um, but I do think just about anybody could have made the two picks that the Giants pick, made. Yeah, anybody competent probably would have done that. Not competent. You watch any college football, right? Well, but uh, then, yeah. how did give me, give me the, the tackle from Alabama and that guy that uh, you know was once going to be like the Heisman winner? Yeah, take those two guys. But he made it to us, you know, at five. Yeah, right. But I mean, then he's sitting there. Like, why wouldn't you know? I, I don't. I don't know. It doesn't take a great deal of imagination to make those two picks, being the Giants, what they needed. Two most glaring needs. <laughs> right. Yeah, I <laughs> the get two it. best players available. 
it's just, you know, you'd have to almost be trying to screw it up to, to bone those two picks. Right. I, yeah, that's true. And I guess, I wonder who else was in the Thibodeau market because that was, I don't feel like we've gotten any firm reporting on it, but it was basically seemed like conventional wisdom that we took Thibodeau five because we were concerned someone may trade up to six to get him. I mean, I think that I'll give them credit for that, for having that foresight. Like I could see Gettleman get caught flat footed there. Right. Um, But the Giants saying to themselves, we like all three tackles. We'll take any of them. Let's make sure we get this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Was smart. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, so then the rest of the draft. So you sent me an article this weekend that was actually really interesting. And that basically going chalk is your best bet in the draft. And that when teams reach, it doesn't work out. Right. And we reached. We reached (laughs) for two different second round picks. You know what was fascinating about that article, though? And this was a the Times piece. I forget the guy's name who wrote it, um, but it's like the data guy. I think it's Nate Cohn. But, All right. It was Nate Cohn, yeah. Yeah, that um, one of the Nates. <laughs> a the Nate I like, Nate I like best. Um, and that's, in my personal Nate ranking, I put Cohn above silver. I like Nate Cohn. <laughs> do, you put, do you put Nate Cohn above your son, Nate? No, but in, in, in the data, in the nerd Nate battle. Nerd Nates. Give me Cone. Okay. But anyway, I thought it was a really interesting article, but it was basically saying that when a team reaches over the consensus, it almost never works out. But that equally, when a guy slides past the consensus and a team then takes that person and everybody calls it a steal, that that also doesn't work out, which I find fascinating. So whatever the consensus is on either side, so when all the analysts pre-draft have a guy here, have a guy at 50, and you draft him at 20, doesn't work out. But when they've all got him at 20 and you get him at 50, that also doesn't work out. So, like, there's some kind of reverse voodoo where, like, as long as there's enough people agreeing on something, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's right. like... In both directions, the consensus wins, which is interesting. Well, right. I mean, I guess you have, you know, a couple hundred, if not thousand people of varying degrees of intelligence all analyzing the same thing and then generally coming up with a consensus. Probably the consensus is going to work out for everybody. Yeah. This is another one of my controversial opinions that I've been marinating on is that it's all foolishness. All these teams wasting all this time. Like... You have all these media members putting together these endless mocks and draft rankings and player rankings, and they're all smart people working for these sites. Just average them together, hand me that list, and yeah, I'll pick from there. I'll pick from there. Why are we doing all this? Right. Interviews and scouting combine. Just like gather them all, everybody rank, average them up, and I'll go with that. So like a fantasy draft, basically. I think I just do think that you could replace the New York Giants front office with the Yahoo auto draft feature over the last ten years, and it would outperform the Giants. No, I yeah, I and I definitely, I definitely agree with that. And I can't say that your opinion is too far off, right? You could feed it an aggregated ranking of all these different analysts because there's hundreds of them. So even if there's not, like, I wouldn't just turn it over to Mel Kiper. But if you average each one of these idiots, you get one semi-intelligent list of players well you also i mean i guess i figure right like the leg up that some of the top level guys have 
so like Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay, and so forth, is they have sources within teams. So I think that that's their leg up is then knowing like, all right, here's the vibe of this team. Here's what this team's thinking. Like, here's how their scouts evaluate it versus this other team's scouts. Evaluate. So I feel like they actually have more sources to pull from than the actual team scouts because they're probably not doing a ton of information sharing in between one another. Yeah, but I mean, it's not even to say that any one of those guys is particularly good at it. It's just that there's so many of them now. You can get like, okay, what's the consensus view of each right. of these players? And then let's just go with that. <laughs> and, and well, and then I don't know. So that to just, which is a long way of saying that like the only thing that just was upsetting about the rest of the Giants draft was how little they hewed to consensus. That they they made several picks that seemed puzzling to people. And was that true outside of the second round, or was that mostly a second round deal? Mostly the second round, and then the third round, the guard out of North Carolina, they seem to like way more than, than most people did. Right. Um, the corner they took from LSU was not on a lot of radars. Um, that was so it, it the third round guy? That was the fourth round guy. That was the fourth round guy. Um, and then after that, you know, I mean, I, the thing in fairness to them is some, what a lot of people are saying is, is in those rounds, like it's, it's you're pretty much throwing darts there. Like nobody's particularly great at it. Right, and I, I think the thing that I liked the most was that because we traded back a couple times, I guess we ended up with 11 picks, right? which is the most of anybody this year, or at least tied for it. And honestly, that's what we need. We need to just throw a bunch of shit at the wall and see what's going to stick. Yeah, but we need good players, too. Like, that second-round pick, the reason I guess that just jarred me because, like, we need – whoever that is, and this guy from Kentucky who I never heard of and I know nothing about, he needs to be good. And he's a 5'8 wide receiver, you know, who – you're already right there, right? I mean, the upside is, like, you just limited – how good could he be? <laughs> I, I mean, what's his name at, in Buffalo is 5'8? Uh, the white guy. The white guy? Yeah, in <laughs> Buffalo. <laughs> Who's that? Hold on. Is it Cole like, Beasley? Yes, Cole Beasley, yes. You want Cole Beasley? Not the human, but the, the receiver? Player? Not really. It's not that good. I mean. I want better than Cole Beasley. He's 5'8". Cole Beasley's 5'8". Right, so like best case scenario, we just drafted Cole Beasley? I mean, I don't know. When was he drafted? No, he was undrafted. He cares? He stinks. Yeah, he was undrafted. <laughs> He doesn't stink. Yes, he does. Cole Beasley stinks. <laughs> <laughs> Who did we take in the second round last year? Um, uh, I don't know. Ojolari? Yes. Okay. Yes. Right. Oh, the they year didn't have sex. The year before was McKinney. Okay. But I mean, we got Will Hernandez was a second rounder. Right. Which is a disaster. It was a disaster, right. <laughs> Yeah. this guy's got to be good so i just would have liked everybody to be like hey oh yeah and it just was like to so quickly the first like was like huh <laughs> i don't know it's just like couldn't you give me a weekend where i just got to feel hey eric i'm the giants but i don't Not know it, like a lot of everything but. a lot of folks graded us pretty good overall on that draft no you're right because i think it's hard not to like the two at the top there like right 
you know, and I like, you know, you start to put the pieces. I think overall the direction the Giants are heading, you know, he's setting us up for cap space next year. You got the two bookend tackles. You got two, the two edges now. Like that's a pretty nice little, we got the safety in McKinney. Like we still need a corner. We got the corner, the guy from LSU. Yeah, well, <laughs> right, again, another guy who they were like, at best, is a slot corner. You know, it's like, <laughs> all right, any, you know, you can get a slot corner. What's, uh, you know, R.W. McCorder is doing? Call him. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we need a star corner. But, uh, you know, you can see, okay, next year what they're doing. Um. You know, I'm not going to go crazy that they didn't take a shot on a quarterback, though I think they should have been one of the teams that, you know, uh, a Malik Willis or... Where did he end up? I forget. Um, He went late. He went to the Titans in like the fourth round or something. To replace Ryan Tannehill, Daniel Jones Plus. Right. But I mean, what a perfect team we are for him. Right. Because then it's like you owe him nothing. You got Daniel Jones. He still plays. And then next year, you're trying to draft a quarterback, and you still can because you don't owe this guy anything. But at least he's there right? in case you strike out. You've got an interesting quarterback prospect. And I guess we did have 11 picks to make that happen with. Right. And a couple of quarterbacks there who, like, you know, like Sam Howell from UNC. I wouldn't have hated – could we have taken a look at him? He was, like, you know, really uh, hyped – going into the year then didn't have a good year seems really talented i don't know i kind of i guess like tom brady flies in the face of this thinking i think if you're gonna take like a flyer on a mid-round qb they should be something unconventional i kind of agree but i said the reason i would say a guy like howell is because there's a guy who before his senior year was on was hyped right he was like Okay, this guy could win the Heisman. Then he goes out. He doesn't have the year everybody thought, but the team also underperformed. He seems like he's got a big arm. That, to me, is like a guy I might take a swing at, too. Like somebody who something didn't work out there, but he's talented. Do you have a favorite non-Giants first-round pick? No. Just don't no. care about anybody else's picks. Nobody. The center. I forget. Baltimore took the center. No, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I said non-Giants. That's a, That was a slip-up. Uh, a non-first-round Giant. A favorite non-first-round Giant is what I meant. Oh. I'm sorry. And not really. I mean, I, I mean, right? I mean, I don't know. Like, I, the safety from the... Iowa? Iowa, like, I, you know, seems to be praised as a decent prospect. The tight end didn't sound... Like there was much upside there. I guess the tight end seems like he's, he's the best okay. thing I read was that the Giants they went for like athletic profiles. Yes. So a lot of the guys they drafted were they scored high. Um and that I think is a good way of approaching late rounds is like, okay, let's get guys who are great athletes who whatever, you know, especially like you think at the tight end system probably plays so much into that system, quarterback, all of it. Yeah. Okay. I can I can get behind that. Yeah, believe it or not, actually, that's almost sometimes how high school cutdowns go, which probably is not that surprising. But it's yeah. like, right if you have like you've never played the sport before, but you have one athletic trait. Right, you're fast. Fine, we'll keep you. I can figure, yeah, I can figure something out there. Right, yeah. Um, 
But yeah, I read that too, and I am happy about that. Um, you sent me a video on Twitter that was absolutely hilarious of uh, Bobby Skinner just basically having a meltdown <laughs> about, about the Giants picking somebody he hadn't looked at. I know, and it's funny. Not It wasn't like about being mad at them it was just like right. i've worked so hard to know every guy and somehow they found one dude <laughs> who i didn't know who the hell that was <laughs> it is amazing though when you watch these shows that everybody have an opinion on every guy i know i How know could you possibly know right there's like a thousand guys like do they know like does um what's his name um uh the guy uh oh my god he interviewed for the giants job uh for the gm job lewis riddick lewis riddick like you really have you know every guy in this draft right like and have an opinion on them and know whether they like what's good and bad about every single guy right is that possible or is he getting fed some of that information he has to be getting he has to be getting fed a bunch of that information um has to be like you know, I'm sure they got to clean it up for the broadcast where I I even think, you know, it was funny that the Knicks were good for the first time in a while last year because then you listen to, like, national people talking about uh, the Knicks. And it's so clear that they don't watch the Knicks at all. And, right, and they're, like, just kind of, like, pulling some press clippings together, summarizing a point. And then sort of, like, passing it off as their own. Right. And so I do think, like, for those guys, and it's, again, I wouldn't even, I don't even consider this a knock on them, to be honest with you, because I just think, even if you knew all but one or two of the guys taken in the first round, you've put in an obscene amount of work to know that. So to do that for seven rounds, absolutely have some college intern talking into a microphone that goes into your headset and then you can just spout off an opinion on that pick. And I guess that's them. Like that's gotta be risk reward to them. Right. Because then if, if some kid feeds them like some nonsense about, you know, a pick and then they're like, well, this guy, he is headed to start making the gold jacket for him right now. And then he stinks. It's like, you look like the (laughs) idiot, not the research assistant. So, right. Right. Yeah. But I know it's crazy. Like, and from all these obscure schools and, you know, I mean, the Jets drafted Ohio State's tight end, who I've seen quite a bit of. And I could not have told you half as much as they said about him. Yeah. I'm upset with how many how many Buckeyes the Jets took. And it was two. <laughs> but that's too yeah. many. I really do. I, this is going to be crazy, too. I think it's such a crapshoot, this stuff. I really do think you could hand me a list of players and send me in there on draft day. I do fine. Yeah, I agree. I could look at schools, position, pre, pre-rank, pre and be like, yeah, yeah, all that. <laughs> I'm going, look at school names, like, yeah, that guy. Heights. Right. 40 times i'd just be like yeah and it would be fine totally nothing would change (laughs) also i guess like you don't even have to draft that well to be good like look at the patriots they consistently draft terribly yeah they're weird they're strange but they're just good yeah they do everything else well right right (laughs) 
So, I don't know. Grade Joe Shane. You're coming out of the weekend. The grade you're giving Joe Shane is. I mean, it's it's still a solid grade, right? I mean, it's the first round is such an A. I guess it's like a solid B. B plus. Okay. That's what you're grading Joe Shane's draft or like his I'm... overall performance. I think right. to date, I think he's done plenty right. I guess it's just hard to still feel super. And you know, then he also you saw he fired two very important people in the Giants draft process right after the draft. Well, that's I think though that's kind of stand like I remember reading when they got hired that basically there's not enough time to hire all your own people between like a new GM hire and the draft. So most GMs hold on to the existing staff to get them through the draft, and then they clean house and bring their own people in for the most part. Right. So it's like right after the draft, the people that you had running the draft are let go. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And get them the hell out. We've been terrible. Yeah, sure. Like, right. No, and the guy who, one of them who was fired has had a terrible record of. Yeah. Um, Pettit, right? Or the yeah. other guy. Yeah. Right. So goodbye. Get the hell out of here. Right. You know. But I, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. I, what is your grade of Joe Shane the human? Maybe a C plus? I don't know. I don't know why I'm already so sick of Joe Shane. I just like, yeah, I don't know. Not that I like Gettleman at all, but like, I just, something about him, I feel like I could just picture Gettleman calling him like college boy or something. <laughs> but that's all the more reason to like him. You know what I, I mean? Know, I know, but I just, something rubs me the wrong way. All right, college boy. <laughs> Let's see you work your little magic. I really, yeah, you got some fancy computer program that spits out. Wandale <laughs> Robinson. Great. Five, eight. What I don't like most about your pessimism is we went on a fishing trip with our friend Zach shortly before the off season where we were supposed to get Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And I arrived, I remember, I arrived to that fishing trip up at your family's cabin just in a in a really happy place. Just like, oh man, we're just closing out the last of a run of Nick's horrendousness. Thank God it's about to end. And you were just like looking at me like I was an idiot and like basically told me I was setting myself up for disaster. Like I was going to have to eat it and it was going to suck. And you ended up being obviously a hundred percent right. And I was genuinely annoyed at you. I was just like, why is he being such a downer? Like just appreciate it. And you were right. And so I feel nervous about getting excited when you're in this current state that you're in. Right. I, I know. I'm, and I want to get excited, I guess. I'm trying to. I, they really did nail the, the, that first round. Like, it, that's, it's hard to do better than that. Um, it's just such a weird place they're in. Like, it's just, again, trotting Daniel Jones back out there. And Saquon and trying to make sense of it. Um, and how do we actually get like, what do I want to happen with Daniel Jones this year? 
I guess I want him to play great, right? Or do I not? Do I, what do I want him to do? (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's a good question, right? Like, I want to say my my gut reaction was just to be like, no, just be indifferent to Daniel Jones. Who cares about Daniel Jones? But that's impossible. That's a ridiculous thing to say. So I got to watch you know. sixteen games of him with no like, what do I? What am I hoping for? Well, it's more just right. Yeah, I don't know. Because if I he stinks, what do we do? And if he's just okay, what do we do? And if he's great, what do we do? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't know. Right, you're right. What do we do regardless? Yeah. And this is the end result of three years of worst case scenarios. We don't really have any answers about him at the end of the season. And that's right. been three years in a row, basically. Right. Um, right. But again, it's because in a lot of ways, it was just allowed to happen. Is there an example of a successful football rebuild? That started without a quarterback. That the rebuild did what the first piece of the puzzle wasn't the QB. That worked. Yes. Because it's like even Cleveland. Now you go back and go, you're right, but not really. Because they, they missed on the QB. Right. Like they started with Garrett. But I mean, at least they and, were um, interesting for a stretch. Right. Like, we haven't been interesting in forever. Right. Like, at least Cleveland got good enough to be interesting. Right, but... Well, now they got Deshaun Watson. Right, so they positioned themselves. Yeah, You know? The only reason they got him is because they were the... You know... (laughs) They were the most desperate. The most desperate. The only team willing to give him an absurd contract and take any amount of abuse they were going to take and just lower themselves to absolute, you know, disgrace in order to get it. Otherwise, they would be in real trouble right now. I mean, Minnesota with Kirk Cousins? Like, what? I guess what classifies a working rebuild? Like a Super Bowl or like like just relevance? Yes, like a contending team. But that didn't start with like the quarterback as like – because it's hard. It's just hard to get that quarterback. So Cousins and Minnesota. Right. I guess that wasn't really a rebuild though. Like, I guess, right. That was a a team-built quarterback last. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And with a new coach, like Mike Zimmer. Yeah, so they weren't yeah. good if they brought right, in a right. new coach. That's true. Okay. That's a decent one. All right. Uh, let me see. Um, trying to think throughout the rest of the league. Like in Indy? Post Andrew Luck Indy? No. That, that's not a good one. Uh, well, well but that, that's not bad. Right. Because they built the team around it and they've just been trying to put a quarterback in there. Right. But you know, it's not exactly the most enviable no, situation it's, it, and, either. And like, again, it's not, but yeah. they're like relevant. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather be them than us. Right. They're in the mix. Right. Uh let's see. Who else? Just kind of in the middle there. Like Tennessee, when they got Tannehill. Like they had right. to move off of Marcus Mariota because he was terrible, and then Tannehill brought them you know, to the AFC championship game. So that guy, so I think we have enough examples yeah, here yeah. that it's not, it. if you get good and you've got, you're missing the quarterback, you can at least try to find the quarterback. Right. I just thinking like 
you know, let's say Daniel Jones is awesome and then we have to franchise tag him. So what, I guess? Well, they're not going to franchise tag him if he's awesome. They're right. They would just extend him. Right. Yes. Right. They want him. Just let's never lose sight of it. No, I yeah, I I have not lost sight of it. I yeah. promise. I haven't lost sight they, of it. They want him. Yeah. They are ready. The ring is in their pocket. They just need him to make the engagement chicken. <laughs> and then they are proposing. You know who's sort of fallen off the horrendousness radar that I it just came back into my consciousness when I was reading something about how the Giants can create cap space? Leonard Williams. Leonard Williams. Yeah. Like, what the hell? Yeah, he's got to be good. We got a guy next to you. You got to be dominant this year. Yeah, you better be awesome. Yeah. We gave up a third round pick for that guy. Talk about blowing an early round, like, crucial pick. I'm just like, what are we trying to do this year? What what am I looking for when I go watch the Giants this year? What do I want to see? Well, they're looking to be good. Right. You can't, like, you're in a new regime. You don't have time. You have to prove competence immediately. You can't, like, if you if you suck the first year, you'll be gone in many other well, franchises. I mean, there's, they're not firing anybody. Right. They're not year. doing it. <laughs> but I think that whether the problem with the Giants, too, is again, like, the Giants don't have a grasp on inevitable realities. So, where, like, basically, whether the Giants fire the coach or not, if you have a disastrous first year, the coach himself has no credibility with the team. And so then yeah. in that second year, the team's not going to be good, regardless of how much the Giants personally like the coach. Um, so regardless of whether or not the Giants are going to fire this group after one year, they got to be good. So they're shooting to be good. Like I don't think that they're in their minds they're thinking, we got two good quarterbacks in next year's draft. Let's try and be bad. Right. Right. But what does Joe Shane think about that? Does he want to get one of those quarterbacks? Uh, he, I mean, look, I'm sure he, w- he would like one of those quarterbacks. I'm right. sure he wants one of those quarterbacks. I tend to think a lot of these guys who end up in these positions, if they're any good, they're just like ruthless pragmatists. You know, like just like, well, yeah, I'd like that guy, but we're not going to get that guy. So then what's like the best outcome we can get, you know? Yeah. I mean, this is the problem with with the tanking philosophy in general is, and I've said this a few times, and and even that says what someone who kind of thinks maybe the Giants should be headed that route, but it's just as hard, it's as hard as winning the freaking Super Bowl. No, right? I've been like s- guaranteeing you get C.J. Stroud next year is like trying to win the Super Bowl. It's, Absolutely, it's, it's hard. <laughs> yeah, you need a lot of things to break right for you. Right. Yeah, I look. I've been saying it now. For weeks, I don't know that I've ever had less fun watching a, a season of New York Giants football than this year, and we still had the fifth pick. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Right. We like should. If this was this year. We wouldn't. If this, uh, we wouldn't be in. We wouldn't be able to get him. Right. I mean, it, we'd have maybe a chance because we got five and seven, but only if everything then broke right. Yes. Yeah, somebody in, in the top us. two would have to not need a quarterback. Like you'd need Jacksonville to be terrible. You'd have to go up to one. You'd have to get yeah. Jacksonville, and you'd yeah. give them five and seven. Right. And they'd give you one. Right. And, and you'd have to give them five and seven. You'd have to give them next year's one. Yeah. And next year's whatever. You'd have to give them everything in the sun and the stars. And I think it's even worse that there were no good quarterbacks this year because 
Yeah. Like, you know, the the teams that need a quarterback are going to be super quarterback deprived. You're just right. not going to have bad teams with a bad, without a good quarterback. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would have been right. Next impossible. Even if that's what we were wanting to do, even if Joe Judge was still here, it would still be a long shot. To Are get. you as excited about C.J. Stroud as I am? I think C.J. Stroud's one of the most exciting quarterback prospects I've seen in a long time. Yeah, I love C.J. Stroud. <laughs> I thought he was the best player in college football I saw last year by the end of the year. I, he was, I thought he was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I'm excited to see him this year. Like, he lost, obviously, a ton of NFL talent. And you know, as much as I, we loved Eli and we did, and he was awesome, like the Giants have never had, you know, that guy that's just right, awesome. Right, yeah. <laughs> right, with Eli, I loved rooting for Eli. I would fight to the death for Eli, but there's always a lot of clarifications you needed to give about Eli. There's like, right. always a lot of throat clearing. <laughs> yeah. hey. right. Caveats and... <laughs> Yeah, buts, and well, you know, right. Like, Well, now that we're talking about C.J. Stroud, should we jump to NILs? Sure. Okay. So NILs were a big deal. Uh, Danny Cannell seemed extra upset this weekend on Twitter. I know, well, you're off Twitter. Uh, what triggered him? It was, uh, no. Why? What was it about this week that like everybody suddenly woke up to like what's happening in college football? And it's like I think somebody for USC maybe got like a crazy, crazy deal. Something happened. Uh, something happened about uh for somebody going to, let's see, Jordan Addison reported to decline six figures from SEC program will receive big money from USC. I think that's what it was. So he got more money to go to another school, essentially. Yes. Right. I don't understand why this is so triggering for all these weirdos. <laughs> what? Why does that bother you? Why does a kid at like Cincinnati being like, I got a great deal. I'm going to go to like LSU. Why does that make you enraged? What is the problem? I don't understand. I like can't I read I read these scare stories about it. It's the Wild Wild West NILs like and it just sounds like the free market doing what it does. Like I literally can't I'm like where's the negative thing? What like I heard what's this stupid name Dabo being like now these kids got to uh. pay taxes. So what? <laughs> <laughs> what we're shielding them from tax now they have to pay taxes cuz they're making money. That's good. That's a good problem to have. Right. You're so buying things. So Dabo, how much of your contract are you going to give back to avoid taxes? <laughs> like what? Like what are you talking about? In the schools, yes, the schools. You guys might have to start helping them manage this and and providing resources so that they can. Like, what's wrong with that? What's the problem? Yeah, I don't understand. The problem is, how are we going to control these kids? If they have money. Right, right. And there are no restrictions on how much money they can take, when they can transfer, where they can transfer. If they have all this freedom, how are we going to keep total control over them at all times? I mean, that's really all it is. That's it's 100% it. That's it. Yeah. And these coaches being like, how am I going to coach these guys? 
Like to me, what's been unbelievable, what should just be the people who argued against college athletes getting paid for all of these years should be so ashamed right now and just so chastened by the explosion of the money. Look right. what you have been doing. Right. What you, <laughs> stealing from these kids, keeping them from windfalls for their families for generations. <laughs> And a lot of them can only get it while they're in college. Then it goes away. They're not going to make the pros. Well, Brian, they get free college. So, in your face. <laughs> free college? That they, they then have no way to actually monetize that degree. Because the thing they're actually good at is football. But nobody <laughs> gave me free college. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I just like, it's the most baffling thing I've ever like, to me, NIL is, like, the greatest thing that's happened to sports in my lifetime. I, it's, like, you know, it's it's changing all these kids a lot. Like, the story should be, like, look at the lives. Families change. You should be, like, they should go and talk to the uncles and the the parents who are getting houses and the, and the people who are receiving this money. What's it doing for them? How has this affected your life? Like, <laughs> Right. Now, also, here's what I'll say. Is it possible that there can be negative impacts? Sure. We know how many pro athletes get a big right. payday and then go broke. So fine. Right. Of course. So to those of you out there who want to point out the negatives, fine. Yes, there are negatives. But those things are going to sort themselves out over time. And it doesn't mean don't do something that's good for most people because some people will not – it will not be good for. Like – it's all it's like again all of it is dishonest. It's just a, making an argument to conceal your real motivation, which is to take these college kids that are more talented than I ever was or will be and make sure that they stay in their place for at least 3 more years. Right. I mean it is unbelievable. Like Danny Cannell, I, what do you care? I don't get it. Well, I think he – well, it's funny. His motivation, I think he was pretty naked about, which was basically like, you know, Florida State couldn't afford that, so that's annoying. That's right, basically right. what his – I think was his point. But yes, they can. Right, right. Yeah. Figure it out. Well, that's what I, I like – you know, I, I actually love Nick Saban. I'm not afraid to say it. I love Nick Saban. And, like, Nick Saban was like – uh, somebody said to them or whatever, like you, you guys are gonna hate nils. And he's like laughed. He's just like, "What are you crazy? Like, it's not. I don't care. It's not good or bad. It's just it's a new thing. We're gonna do it. And guess what? We're gonna do it a lot better than the rest of you. So we're right, gonna stay right. on top because we're gonna do this better. Like, right? There's a new system. We have to make some adjustments to it. We'll figure out how to navigate it, and then we'll win at it. Right. One thing he's not doing is going out and crying about how am I going to coach my kids? This is unfair. This is not right. This is going to ruin. He's just like, oh, those are the new rules. Okay. Uh, staff members, memorize right. these rules and build the perfect system. Like, that's yeah. it. <laughs> right, right, right. You know? How do we win in an IL world? Okay, right. This is what we need to do. Yeah, exactly. I hate Dabo Sweeney. I hate oh, he's the worst. Dabo he's Sweeney. He's the worst. He's the worst. And you know, too, he's probably approved bags of cash. He, no doubt. That's fine to him. But somehow when it's above board, it's a, you know, a crime against humanity. Yeah. Like, it's just unbelievable. I don't know anything for certain, obviously, but I, I have a hard time believing that 
Deshaun Watson, his moral compass failed him for the first time ever living in Houston, Texas. Right. I'm just not positive that that's true. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I just think the arguments against it are so flimsy and like the positives are all, it's like, they don't talk about them. It's all framed in this like scare language of like, Oh my God, what's happening. People are getting paid for their work and they're choosing where they'd like to go to college. (laughs) (laughs) Like what? Why is that bad? And not that we should say this, Brian, but between you and me, most of them are young black males. Right. I mean, God, <laughs> it is so, like, naked. I mean, right. it's just, like, sheesh, who can't be trusted with this kind of, you know, right. They're, they're, right. they're not going to use it correctly. Like, like, anyway, and for everyone that, like, blows their money and ends up, you know, not getting a degree, like, how many of them didn't get any money and then didn't get a degree and then things didn't go so great? Like... Yeah. Why is this somehow worse than that? I saw an article about Maurice Claret about the same thing. Right. Maurice, perfect example. Yeah. A guy whose whose value was sky at his absolute highest in college, who probably would be in the NFL if NILs had existed, probably would have been a much like would have probably changed his life for the better. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. It's just funny too, like isn't free college enough? Well, I don't know. Why don't we ask like the CEO of GE? Like, you know what I mean? Clearly no. Right. Because the second, that's not what they can get paid. They're getting paid a fortune. Yeah, right. (laughs) Right. You have a market value and it's it's, more than free college. It's way more. (laughs) In fact, it's jarringly more. It's so jarringly (laughs) more than anyone was prepared for that some of these people are like, whoa, I thought these kids were going to be getting like 50 grand. No, idiot. Yeah, they're worth millions, you dumbass. Right. (laughs) Right, like what's the TV contract for college football? Like it's it's not like a million dollars. In that case, they'd be getting like 50 grand. We're talking billions. Kelly, a hundred million dollars to win football games. What do you think the freaking quarterback is worth? Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) Right, the quarterback, Brian Kelly, has to go to the quarterback's house, sit in his living room, eat his mother's cooking, and beg him at 18 years old to come play for him. Right. Right. How much is that kid worth? Yeah. A lot. A lot. So just because it's more than you thought, is not the system. It's the system is working as designed. It, it, it's been great, right? And the schools don't have to participate in it. They don't have to pony up the money. Yeah. So it doesn't affect the other sports. And like any sport, you know, you got a great looking girl on the swim team. She's getting some money. Like that's right. It's, there's a market for whoever you are. It's like to me, it's amazing how well it's working. Right. Brian, think of all the NFL and NIL money you could have made cracking jokes on the golf course. Just Instagramming <laughs> yourself, telling a joke, and then hitting a golf ball. Hey, you know what? When I was on the squash team, national champions, maybe I could have monetized right. that. Right, yeah. On TikTok, where I made fun of myself. Right, and, exactly. You know, I would have been raking it in, you know, probably like the squash you know prince rackets would have been paying me you know a thousand dollars a month or something right which is all you need all i need all i would have needed yeah i know i just i don't get it 
I know. Who contribute? Who are the guy? Like who contributes to these nil collectives or whatever? I don't know. I, and I, I don't totally get how those work, but it, it's like they, they seem pretty clever. I gotta say, right? Um, to kind of guarantee you can get all these different kids some money. Yeah. What lunatics? At the same time, it's like I wonder what that'll do for university endowments. Like, not that I've ever contributed money to my university. Like, I'm just not one of those people. But like, if I got a letter from just Ohio State Alumni Association, will you contribute to like the university's endowment or some NIL collective for Ohio State football? And I had a hundred dollars I could send to either one. I'm definitely sending a hundred dollars to the football NIL <laughs> collective. <laughs> Not the science department, right? Not super invested in the biology department at right. Ohio State. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I like. I want to like listen. I gotta find like a good faith critique of it. I'm sure there's improvements that could be made, but I just been so unimpressed with with the, um, you know, anyone argue that's kind of pointing out the flaw i guess you know maybe it's too unregulated whatever i just still don't really get like what's the problem i don't know yeah no i don't know um um, do you have anything else on nil no i think that's good i we got you know like 10 or so minutes here do we want to dip our toe into roe v wade or is that too oh geez yeah i did see that i almost opened with it today but that was not an opening topic. <laughs> I don't know. I can't believe it. I mean, I can't, of course. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. You know, I, I do sort of feel like, don't you, I just, it's like, they're, I just want to say to them, like, you guys are never going to convince all of us. And we're never going to convince all of you, obviously. But the difference is that you don't have to do anything about your conviction like you can if you think it's evil and wrong you never have to do it right you can raise your children to to feel that way you can never participate in one but like i just want you to know like i don't feel that way i never will and you'll never convince me right so never so like why are you trying to like you're trying to outlaw something that you will but, never convince me should be outlawed. Whereas I'm not trying to do anything to you. Well, because here's the thing. And it's, it's, I'm telling you, it's the same as the NIL. They're not interested in convincing you because convincing you is fragile. Somebody else can convince you. Somebody else can get to you after and convince you to change your mind yet again. They don't want to convince anybody. They want to control people. That's what it's about. It's about control. It's like they could care less whether you agree with them or not. You have no choice now because they won. That's all they care. But I'm saying like, that's, that's what it is, you know? And it's like, that's what drives me crazy because of course, and let's just, you know, there's already the troll arguments like, oh, Democrats, they want to mandate all these things for COVID, but then they don't like, uh, you know, they let the government to control how you wear a mask, but they don't want the government to control. You can't get an abortion, blah, 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 blah. Oh, but it's like, First of all, it doesn't make because you could always flip that. Like anytime you have that, right? That. You could just flip that. <laughs> but it's like how they get, you know, how the right kind of accuse the left of like, oh, this is about control. You want to shut our business that businesses down and force us to wear masks. Like, first of all, 
that benefited no one to shut all your businesses down and everyone to wear masks. Like there was no benefit to the Democrats. The Democrats didn't run on a platform of closing businesses and wearing masks. That was not like a stated goal of the party, number one. Uh, But number two, they so clearly did not want to just control anyone. As soon as it was reasonable not to do it anymore, probably even before it was reasonable, Democrats lifted it. I mean, and I don't think one has anything to do with the other. They don't. I, it's just more like I, my point is, is like when the other, when one side accuses the other of trying to control people. Yeah. It's like preventing a woman from getting an abortion is not the same thing as telling someone you have to wear a mask in my store. Like it's right. just they're not. Yeah, it's not. They're not comparable. Right. Right. I will say this: I do think there are people who have a good faith objection who think it's murder. You know, and they think that we are allowing murder, you know, like that th- they really do believe it's it's death. Um, and I accept that. But. Like, you know, I don't think it is. And you're just like never going to win that art. You know, like you're just never going to convince me that it is. Right. And so, again, like. I don't know what to tell you. But also, do you know who agrees with you is the, the majority of Americans. Right, right. By, like, pretty decisively. Overwhelmingly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, do you think the Democrats would be able to make hay of this, at least turn it into a positive, like, for themselves? I have no faith <laughs> that the Democrats will ever know how to use anything to their advantage. Right. No one is better at snatching defeat out of the hands of victory than the Democrats. Right, right, right. I just feel like they're going to capitulate. Right. They're going to do nothing. Yeah. They are going to do nothing. I mean, it's just going to be scary. It's going to be half the states, you're going to have a law that says you can, and half you're going to have a law that says you can't. And it's going to be gross. It is. And, like, look, doesn't Texas have some sort of bounty law? Like, if you know someone... So those are going to start to pop up all over the place, too. Oklahoma has a law... Uh, coming through that's like 10 years in prison for anybody caught performing an abortion i mean that's severe yeah what is their problem i don't know i don't know i well, don't get it like you get let's say your 15 year old daughter gets pregnant really you just don't you don't even want the option right you want it on the table that like I don't want it. I don't want this to be her life. How about these, like, these, like, even in instances of pro of rape and incest people? I know. Like what? I know. I know. Also, it's just you can't make somebody give birth against their will. I know, right? I know. Have you ever seen that process? Like, you can't tell someone they have to do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. I just, I guess, I want to stick for a second on the Democrats because I'm convinced they're going to blow it. It's just, this is, they lost. They already lost. They've accepted the loss. They've moved on from the loss. And, you know, I'm still keeping their fingers crossed that Joe Manchin is going to turn on Build Build Back Better. Like, that's it. (laughs) You know, it's like, guys, abortion, we already lost it. Let's not worry about that. Build Back Better. Joe, what's your temperature? talking about... You know, now, like, Republicans, when they retake the Senate, they'll kill the filibuster and they'll enact a federal law against abortion. And it's, of course like, they will. Too plausible, 
to even it's like send shivers down your spine. Like, right. yeah, they'll do it. Of course they're going to do it. <laughs> and someone was saying how when Trump wanted to get rid of the filibuster, you know, McConnell didn't want to. And most of the reason was because, like, they didn't, there was nothing they wanted to do that badly. Right, right. So they were like, we might as well preserve it. But for this, they'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. Because this they really want. So, it's, yeah. It's- do you think that they could become the dog that caught the car, though? Where they know it's like not popular. It's popular to their rabid base, but like more broadly, it's not. I know. I mean, I do wonder too, like, this is the thing that's motivated Republican voters, so many of them. Like, this is the devil's bargain that the Christian right made with Trump. Like, right. If it's off the table, if it's illegal in all these red states, what happens to the, like, when they don't have that issue anymore as their big motivator? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Got a garbage candidate like Trump again. Does that? I don't know. Well, like, uh, yeah. Now the Democrats are the, you know, like, look, the Roe v. Wade man, the Christian right, the whole thing started there. Like, is this the galvanize a left, some kind of left movement? Like, I don't know. I mean, it should, except that the left does a great job of villainizing all their movements. You know, just like, oh, there's a, a mo- the uh, uh, people on the left are excited and energetic. Shut them up immediately. Yeah, I know. Right. And then they just run from these types of fights. Like, yeah. You know, what's always hilarious to me is like and, and like kind of especially with abortion is how Republicans find like ways to build like beef their uh, beef themselves up over things so it's like you have candidates fighting about who is the most anti-abortion candidate like it's just like that's how you get to a place of like rape and incest where it's just like i don't even care about rape nothing you know and like or like i am the most pro-gun i want to give machine guns to babies like it's like they get crazier and crazier and crazier like you'll never have a Democrat. It's like I'm the most pro-abortion person in the world. Afterbirth abortions is what I'm like. You'll never have right, right. stuff like that in the Democratic Party where they're like, no one could love this position that we have more than I love it. Right. I guess the the equivalent is like um, defund the police. I think is the closest thing. Um, right. And I'm actually sympathetic to defund the police, but I think that's pretty extreme. And but again, I think it's also instructive in the same way, right? I mean, look at the way the Democratic Party responded to that. Like, right? They have not used it to create a base that they've mobilized. In fact, they shunned it. They've done everything. Like the Black Lives Matter movement was put so quickly back into its place. Like there was a yeah. little window there. We're all reading, you know, the one book. Right. We all read. <laughs> Like white fragility. Yeah. <laughs> then we moved on. We're like, nope, forget it. Right. Like we lost one type primary race. It's like, oh, oh no, 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 no. Back in, like, get no, no. But even if you step away from race for a second, because race is kind of in its own category. I remember in, in the last Democratic primary, going around, across the stage, like, do you support the Green New Deal? The number of candidates who are like, no way, is crazy. If that was a Republican debate, people would be pulling their pants down to prove how how much they love the Green Deal. Like, I painted my genitals green. That's how much I love the Green New Deal. Like, that's what would happen in a Republican debate. You know, like, 
in in you know it was like Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders supported it. Everybody else was like, I don't know, Green New Deal, uh, the environment. Of, I mean, are they are they like are they gonna do anything? Like Build Back Better died, and then they just like is that it? Yes, Brian. All we got is the, the infrastructure bill. It's Did, like a highway bill. Yeah, it's not even good. No, right. We got nothing. We got the one stimulus. Because we just don't know how to fight. That's it. Yeah. They just don't know how to fight. Right. We got to. I st- can't believe they couldn't get anything. Like, build back. Like they couldn't just, like, go to Mansion and be like, "What do you want? What like What do you need?" But what he wants and need is to stay in office, and the best thing to do is be responsible for holding up the Democrats' agenda. Right. So no, there was nothing that he would accept ultimately. Probably. That's my guess. Yeah. Must be right because they must have been like Joe. Like what? Right. What is? What do you want? Do anything? Like you strip out this, put in a. We'll give every coal miner a million dollars. I mean, whatever you need. I think he's just a poster child for most center right people, which who drive me crazy, because it's like, well, my own party elected Trump, and I'm not happy with that now. So Democrats, here are the list of values that you need to change so that I can feel comfortable with you and start to vote with you. All you have to do is be pro life, pro gun. No taxes, very racist. I don't understand the way the government works. Like, what are they doing right now? Like, I've heard zero about. Like, are they passing laws? Are they voting on things? <laughs> no, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, you gonna do anything? No. No. No, I think they're all just pretty cool. They're just good to hang. Right. They're yeah. Just making powerpoints and. Yeah, and having a lot of money, and that's right. about it. Well, on that note, Brian, we always like to leave on an uplifting note. So, <laughs> so enjoy it. My blue suit. Loved it. Didn't you like did? it. Loved it. Yes, right. I did. I was, I was... It's very blue. I'm not going to lie to you. Very blue. It's, it's you know. Like giant's blue. It is. It is. Yeah. But I liked it. You know what? You wouldn't have bought that unless you were pressured into it. You did it. You looked really good in it. I'll say that. It was cut nicely. It was a good suit. It was a good suit. It was very blue. It was noticeably blue. It's blue. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, that guy's in a blue suit. I know. I'm, tr- I'm supposed to wear it again to some people I know even better this weekend, and I'm a little nervous about whether I can actually do it again. I felt like it got bluer as the night went on. I'm sure it did. It definitely did. That's not in your imagination. It got bluer, certainly. <laughs> and it's going to get bluer next weekend. But... It didn't look bad. It was very noticeably blue. Like, yeah. people were like, check out the guy in the blue suit. He's in a blue suit. Right. Yeah. But you looked good. Right. That's what I, this lady was like. I was like, there was a medium gray, and she's like, medium gray. It's old-fashioned. She's like, that looks fantastic. And I was like, I was looking at it, and it looked good in the mirror, you know? But I still yeah. was like, there was like a softer blue. And I was like, I kind of like that one. And then I just went with the more extreme one. Yeah. I'm not going to say it was the right choice, <laughs> but I like it. That's what I'll say. That's what I have to say. <laughs> That's terrible. I'm never wearing it again. No, I like it. <laughs> oh. All right, Brian. Right, Talk to you next week.